Last November, I attended Web Summit in Lisbon and was lucky enough to spend some time with Aliona Gorbatko. Aliona is a public relations specialist at McPaw. If you haven't heard of McPaw, they are an international company founded and headquartered in Kyiv in Ukraine. Now, recently, Aliona got in touch and asked whether or not I'd be interested in speaking to their CEO and founder, Alexander. Alexander has been staying in Kyiv by choice alongside many of his colleagues working from their office, which has been turned into a shelter and a command center for humanitarian aid. Please do have a look at the show notes and have a look at ways in which you can stand with Ukraine and help should you feel it's something that you're able to do. So I'm talking to Alexander uh, Kosovan. Uh, Alexander, you are the CEO and founder of McPaw, um, an organization who helps, what is it, around 30 million Mac and uh, Mac OS and iOS users um, with, their, with their technology solutions. Do, do, before we do anything else, because obviously the reason that we're talking to you will become apparent in, the, in, in a moment, because you are, you are sat in Kyiv, uh, which immediately people will kind of go, oh, right. But who, who are McPaw? Before we get into anything to do with Ukraine, with the conflicts and, and the situation that you find yourselves in now, it'd be great to have some context around you and the company. Yes. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, my name is Alexander Kosovan. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of MacPaw. Uh, MacPaw has been around for about 15 years now uh, on the Mac uh, ecosystem, and we've been doing uh, like pretty beautiful software for, for Mac mostly. Uh, it's Klima Mac. Uh, it's Gemini. It's uh, Setapp. It's uh, like the first subscription app store uh, for the Mac platform, uh, and uh, some some other apps. And uh, we've been uh, very active in the community and uh, we built a lot of tools for the developers as well, like DevMate in the past. Uh, and uh, well, we, we are a big evangelists of Apple and its platform. So you, um, your organization, if you go on LinkedIn, is listed as being in california but you are ukrainian the business was founded in ukraine you have large offices in downtown kiev and you have decided to stay there um throughout what what are we on i think we're on day 55 i think of the invasion maybe if i've got that one or two days yeah. out I, I i apologize but you've decided to stay there why uh, well, uh, yeah, we, we do have some offices around the world and business entities in uh, United States, United Kingdom, Cyprus, uh, etc. Uh, but our biggest office, it's like 99% uh, of our staff uh, is located in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, so when the war was about to start, uh, we had this early warning, warnings from Joe Biden and other Western leaders uh, that uh, Russia is going to invade. This is serious. Uh, there are some uh, possible dates when this will happen. And we took these warnings pretty ser seriously and we started to prepare the company for for the possible outcome. Uh, so some of the employees did leave Ukraine uh, abroad uh, uh, thanks 
again, thanks to these early warnings. Uh, but uh, I didn't feel like uh, I wanted to leave. I thought that uh, uh, like it will be very shameful to look into the eyes of my children in the future and explain them why did we lose our home, why did we lose our country. Uh, so it was my uh, conscience, uh, it was my conscience choice uh, to go back to Ukraine. I, uh, I brought my family uh, abroad. We were staying in Thailand. Uh, so uh, when there were these early warnings and we had to go back, I, I had to leave them there and uh, took a ticket to go, to go back to Ukraine. Now, look, I, I, it's incredibly courageous to do that. It's difficult for someone, I suppose, in my situation, sitting here in, in kind of the English countryside, uh, on one hand, kind of the, the, the crisis in Ukraine has felt a lot more um, immediate for people because it's in Europe. But at the same time, it's still very, very distant and quite hard to get to get your head around. Um, you are there, though, and you, you did feel like you can make a difference. As you said, you wanted to, to kind of help um, protect your country. And you've been able to do that through your technology, right? You've been able to try and use McPaw to get information out on both sides of the conflict um, until until that was stopped. And I'd, I'd just be great grateful if you could share with people how you've actually been using your platform and your services to try and make a difference. Yeah, uh, like from the early days of the conflict, uh, we decided that uh, we would try to use all our expertise as much as possible to broadcast the message about the truth uh, to Russian people, what is happening in Ukraine. Uh, but uh, after several weeks, uh, like we used uh, uh, all, all instruments that we had. We used our marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram. We used our products to spread the push notifications and other information through the products because we had uh, lots of uh, users in Russia. Uh, and uh, like we tried to work with partners, even with our biggest competitors. We, you know, we were united, and we were helping to to do this. Um, but uh, over several weeks, uh, we understood that uh, there is no point of doing that because uh, Russian people are really brainwashed. Um, majority of them, it's like seventy percent, are supporting this war, uh, and uh, well, there was no way to talk them out of this uh, invasion so uh, it it resulted in zero effect so we were hoping that people in Russia would protest who would go on the streets uh, to show their uh, uh, like they that they do not want to be a part of this but uh, the reality was different they uh, they won't do anything for, to stop the war I suppose I would I would just be really kind of keen to ask um, what your experience has been like leading your business and trying to make those differences as CEO and founder at the moment because you know this this podcast for years we've spoken to founders about leading teams about kind of getting people to be to be inspired and and to kind of go on a mission and a purpose I suppose on the one hand for the people who have stayed. Uh, at the offices who stayed in Kiev, there is a very obvious um, mission and purpose that you probably don't need to sell to them at all. But at the same time, maintaining morale and maintaining focus at the moment 
when so much is going on around you must be must be really difficult and challenging as an individual and, and as a leader what has that experience been like for you well, uh, in the, at the very first days of the conflict, uh, there were so many uncertainties. Like, uh, could we hold up more than a week? Uh, like, what are our positions? Uh, how strong the Russian army is, etc., etc. Uh, so, uh, we, with our team, uh, we started to communicate uh, very frequently with with the whole company, uh, like meeting almost every day uh, uh, to show them where do we stand uh, well our main goal was to provide some security and uh, financial uh, well, support to our employees so they don't uh, feel themselves uh, like completely uh, bankrupt or something like that because unfortunately many many people lost their jobs and they had to flee their homes into the unknown so they had to cross the border and were not sure where they will stay with their families etc etc so our goal here was to uh, provide some stability in in this uncertainty uncertain times uh, so this is where we started uh, then we started to uh, to show like uh, that our armed forces is really holding well uh, we started to provide some support we started to uh, I would say even humor helped us a lot because right. when there is so, so much uh, terrible things happening in, around you uh, there are some uh, little uh, human things uh, that can change uh, the morale and, and situation so we spread some uh, humor about war uh, about russians uh, in ukraine etc uh, etc et and, and it helped to boost the morale of the people I'd say something that, that one of your colleagues told me prior to us hitting record that if you talk about humor, I don't know whether this is funny or not, but it, it tickled me to a degree. The fact that, is it, let me get this right, that the military were using your Teslas to run supplies around the city because oil is difficult to get a hold of, which I imagine when you bought Teslas as a tech entrepreneur, the idea that they would be used, I mean, it's slightly absurd. I mean, it's wonderful that it's that it's, that can be used in that way. But I mean, there must be some interesting circumstances that you must stand back and go, this is just, this is just madness. You know, if you'd thought about this three months ago. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had, to, well, I still have two Teslas. Uh, well, they probably were designed for beer hazard uh, <laughs> events, uh, but we didn't think it was. they were designed for the war. Uh, but yeah, in the reality, uh, the fuel supply went uh, really low. Uh, it was almost impossible to get some fuel, and we still had electricity. So Tesla's was the perfect choice to deliver some um, uh, humanitarian aid, aid to people around uh, the city. So it's, it was a perfect choice. You should get out, you should get in touch with Elon Musk when this is over and say, "Hey, you you want you want a a story, a case study for why people should get behind Tesla. I mean, that that is that is amazing. Um, yes, and uh, when I also was staying uh, during the air raid alerts, I, I stayed in the basement. Uh, so uh, I turned on the camp mode in the Tesla, so it was warm and, cool. yeah. <laughs> and nice inside. Uh, so. <laughs> 
Well, it's good that technology is hoping in that very helping. Sorry, in that very real way. Um, look, you mentioned before about the fact that unfortunately. Russians are brainwashing your attempts to kind of try and help stop the war on, on that side were, were, were futile. You are trying to reach out to people um, to stand with Ukraine to, to try and help stop the war. You, you've got a fund, is this right, that people can donate to McPaw and to try and get aid to people um, in, a, in quite an immediate and transparent way. Is that right? Yeah, we uh, organized a non-profit organization called Macpo Development Fund or Macpo Foundation uh, in order to collect uh, money from uh, people who care and uh, to buy a lot of things in need. So like uh, for the very few, few weeks we were focusing on uh, uh, medicine for uh, our uh, warriors, uh, like it's, it was like cat tourniquets uh, in order to save lives uh, after some uh, explosion or bullet hit, etc. So this is like the the most critical uh, first aid uh, you can you can use uh, to save life of, of people on the battlefield. So we were focusing on uh, stuff like this in the very beginning, and then we. Uh, we had a lot of connections with uh, with people around Ukraine to hear what are the actual needs, and we started to to uh, to support that. So uh, in the very beginning, we invested uh, our own money into this funds and uh, initiatives, uh, but then we started to open up a little bit and to uh, accept uh, uh, the external donations. Uh, right now, we are focusing on two main areas, and uh, this is like uh, first aid and medicine, and second. Uh, help to our workers. So we buy drones, we buy night vision scopes, we buy uh, uh, armor, etc, uh, etc, et in order to, to support uh, and do whatever we can to, to help win this war. Now, as I understand it, as I, as I mentioned at the top, you've got 30 million users. So those users trust and know McPaul. So yeah. they they feel that they can donate to the company because they know the company and perhaps they feel more more of a of a sense of um, loyalty. I don't know whether that's the right word, but towards towards McPaul over say a humanitarian organization or donating to the army and that, that they can help your organization. They know that you're putting money in and they know that that money is going to to get to to where they're being told what about someone who doesn't know McPaul what about someone who doesn't have that built built up trust or loyalty with the organization because I suppose it is still a stretch to then ask someone who hasn't used the products or services before who doesn't have that relationship with you to, to donate to that foundation how, how are you trying to reach out to those people uh, well we definitely do not insist only to uh, to help our foundation there are many of uh, many organizations in Ukraine and that are doing a great job in order to uh, to support Ukrainians uh, and people in need here uh, like uh, uh, save life in UA uh, and, and many others who can probably provide a list of trusted organizations but in the same time people were donating money to Red Cross for example and it turned out to be that this is uh, the most ineffective way to donate money because the first thing Red Cross did they opened office in Russia so we are having a conflict with Russia and so this organization opening office in Russia. This is like uh, counter, uh, counter, I don't know. This is like a 
prison uh, to, to us. Mm. So I urge do not support these organizations because, they, first of all, they are too large. They are nowhere to be seen here in Ukraine. Uh, and I, I don't know where do they spend these millions of dollars that they are uh, raising. I think I think getting that, that list would be super helpful for people who are listening who are interested to find out and and see how that can help um what is helping you mentioned there that the red cross you, you know it's not visible you you don't see it on on the ground what what is helping um on the ground you you mentioned that you're buying certain equipment but um what what do you what do you feel is lifting the mood of people in the city and and making a difference to their lives well, uh, first of all, I would say that we are extremely grateful to people around the world and that uh, uh, were willing to help Ukrainians because especially in the very first uh, weeks, there were so many uh, emigrants, uh, not emigrants, they are refugees uh, that uh, were leaving Ukraine without any uh, place to stay. And there were so many people in Poland, Czech Republic, and basically in the whole Europe uh, that allowed to stay uh, these families in their homes in their uh, apartments which really helped uh, a lot uh, well r- right now in ukraine uh, there are a lot of uh, internal uh, people who who had to relocate from uh, areas where there are active fights and going on like for, uh, from the east of ukraine or uh, from the uh, villages that were directly affected by the war so many of the villages are already completely destroyed there are no homes to go back Uh, so right now there are a lot of initiatives in ukraine that are helping to uh, create very uh, some uh, fast houses Uh, i mean they are building uh, very quick and simple houses for these families in order to uh, allocate them at the moment. Uh, but uh, again, this is like a temporary solution. Uh, in in the future, it would be great to help them rebuild their houses, and it will it will be very costly. Uh, so uh, maybe th- this is one of the biggest efforts uh, that should be made to help rebuild the Ukraine after the war. Look, I, I think it's um, it's obviously a, a very difficult time that goes without saying, but uh, your humor and your positivity are um, inspirational. So I really appreciate you giving some time to talk to me this morning. Um, how, out of interest, how many of your team are there with you in, in Kiev at the minute? So in Kiev, about maybe 30 to 40 people right now. Well, look, I, I hope that, that you are all safe and that you are doing your best to, to make a difference. Um, I, I think that much is clear. Um, please do send through links to the foundation uh, or to the fund and, and to any of the funds that you think might be useful and can help people. And um, really, I, I honestly wish you the very, very best. Fingers crossed. Um, all my hopes that this is over soon and you can begin that rebuilding project. Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity and thank you for standing with Ukraine in this very difficult times for us. So we're not going to do our usual kind of jokey, jovial um, analysis, obviously, given the the, the, the the subject matter. But I am joined by Akish um, just to quickly kind of talk about this. Um, before we hit record, you were talking about the fact that you feel like 
there's no updates on the mm. situation in Ukraine. You're not entirely sure what the situation is in Ukraine. And I guess that's why we wanted to do this interview. So, look, I mean, from your perspective, what what do you know about what's going on in the country at the minute? I mean, obviously, it was the, you know, the, the kind of, um, the can we call it the infiltration, the war, um, or the attack by the Russians? Um, and then, obviously, they came after all of the, the, the kind of closest towns to the borders, um, you know, people kind of fleeing. You heard all the kind of horror stories. You saw the, mm. the little, little children trying to cross the borders with, you know, their like telephone number written on their kind of palm of their hand or back. And I mean, you see horrific, horrific things <clears> on social media. And then you obviously saw all of the, 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 the kind of, you know, what you would call world organization type of bodies the un and nato and these sorts of things all kind of condone the attacks and stuff but um yeah i mean do you know why i said like i I just feel like there's no real update or or you know kind of momentum in this because i flicked on the 11 o'clock news last night and for the first generally i kid you not for the first 35 minutes all they talked about was uh the party scandal in the british government in last year's pandemic yeah and i was like how long are we just going to keep going around this right and it was all kinds of interviews and stuff with journalists and people and party members and i'm thinking in the nicest way possible that's done and happened can we concentrate on something that's here and now and something a bit more pressing um and i just switched it off really after that um so yeah and i do i do still go to a news channel for my news and not social media mm. um so yeah, that, that's why I said that. Really, I, I think it's interesting. Look, personally, there's there's a bit to run on the Partygate scandal. Um, but do I think it's more important right now than what's going on in the in the Ukraine? Mm. No, not right now. No, like, and I, I think the problem with twenty four hour news is they want shock and awe factor mm. to to effectively get ratings, don't they? You know, they gave. They gave oxygen to Trump because he was a ratings winner rather than whether or not they thought he was a credible candidate. And it's that kind of thing. They're, they're, they're trying to vie for people's attention. And Ukraine initially felt horribly shocking. Mm. And those first 10 days or so, the, the developments were, you know, it was it was kind of perfect for 24, 24 hour news cycles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now, we're into this situation where the 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 crisis seems to have settled into a pattern, perhaps, mm. of Russian logistical screw ups and Ukrainian resistance, and it's slower and it's more attritional, mm. and it slips down the agenda. And it slips it down the agenda and therefore it slips out of people's minds in quite the same way. And I think it's really important that someone like Alexander gets the story out there and reminds you that, you know, here's a guy who at the beginning of the interview, right? Mm. I don't know whether you heard it, noticed, but there were some construction noises, right? Mm. Very faintly in the background of the recording, you can hear some construction. And he apologized about construction noise going on in the background. And it's like, you're in downtown Kiev. There's a chance that like a missile mm. could mm. land at any second, and mm. you're worrying about construction. And the fact that even construction is going on right now, like, yeah. it just kind of brings to 
life again, the reality that these people are facing. And look, we we both mentioned before, again, before I hit record, about the absurdity of the Tesla situation mm. and the fact that it is so absurd. Uh, it's amazing that Alexander can laugh about it. I mean, it's great that people can see the humorous side of in, in the darkest of moments. Um, but it just vividly brings it all to life and makes you go, hang on a minute, there are people in that situation who are living this day to day it's not it's not a news story it's not something that's that's kind of captivating for a few days and then boris johnson's more interesting again it's like this is people's ongoing reality and maybe it's a reminder that yeah ukraine shocked us but it's not it's an ongoing reality actually for millions of people in different countries around the world that face really difficult circumstances yeah absolutely and i think i think when when things like this happen you don't really hear about it and people assume oh it's suddenly gone away it's as if you know the russian soldiers kind of all stood there picked up their bags you know did a u-turn and went right you know back to back to moscow we go it's not it's not like that um in the same way you see stuff you know that's happening in yemen in israel in palestine like you know these sorts of places in 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 parts of africa um it, it, it's still happening and the fact that you've got i think uh, the fact that you've got kind of people like him who are technology leaders in their own right um yeah and and can can almost add a new i don't want to say audience but can almost add a new kind of um perspective on on, on what's going on and using his platform using his work and yeah and like, that tesla story like, i'll be honest i giggled for like the first five seconds and then i kind of just sat there and went bloody hell like you know if, if that was to happen in london i mean sometimes we're in the uk in general i think we're just very kind of proud of it oh this, this sort of stuff could never happen here we are heavily um, insulated yeah yeah exactly and and sometimes you kind of think that you know, there's there's cars that we buy and all these sorts of things, and you never know. Like, you know, there's people that may have been just literally, at, 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 you know, click of a finger, your your whole life is just turned upside down, man. It's- so, so this this came about because Aliona, who is his PR person in McPaul, mm. met me whilst I was in um, Lisbon for Web Summit. Alexander was in was in Lisbon at Web Summit because he was a speaker on one of the main stages. Mm. This is a guy who, if you go on his Instagram, it's like him piloting um, helicopters, him Mm. in Dubai. Like, this is a guy who is the archetypal, in some ways, tech startup success story founder Mm. who bootstrapped his own company. McPaul did not grow on VC funding. McPaul was bootstrapped. Mm. and is living the 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 kind of the high life luxury kind of look at it look at his Instagram and you kind of go wow this this guy's made it the idea that five months on mm. he is in the situation he now is and voluntarily like commendably th- th- mm. this is someone who could have decided you know they've got you know you go on LinkedIn McPaul is Santa Clara uh, California you know yes the most of their staff might be in Ukraine but he he could have decided to put himself somewhere safer. But he's decided no, it's his responsibility as he as he articulates in the interview to be there. But if it can happen to him, you're right; it, it could happen to anybody. And, and yeah, that security yeah. is a thin veneer. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I think, I think if I'm honest, that the biggest thing I've learned, or one of the things I've learned, is how patriotic Ukrainian people are. Um, not to say that I didn't expect it, but I just, you know, I I, I was just was not exposed to 
you know many kind of Ukrainians. Um, the patriotism that they've shown is massive. And just the ability to stand with their kind of country and, and fellow others um, in this time has just been, it's like, yeah, it's been commendable. And, and you see, you know, the likes of the Klitschko brothers and, um, you know, other kind of famous boxers. I'm, I'm a massive boxing nut, so obviously I've been following those guys. But you, you, you see kind of those guys, but then people like him who are just, compared to your Klitschkos, are, are average folk, right? Um they the, the stand that they're taking is is massive as well um and almost almost i guess almost, i don't want to say he's putting his organization or the company on pause because they're doing a lot of great things in terms of the humanity side like getting the updates out to you know the the, the kind of russian people making sure their platform is is visible with the right news and accurate that sort of thing but uh, until all, russia shut it down exactly but almost saying that like, actually we're going to keep going forward we're going to keep striving and you know if putin yeah. and his army is not really going to affect us so oh man honestly like yeah crazy in it absolutely yeah. crazy um and fair play to him and and if i'm honest got a bigger set of cojones than i do you know i'll, I'll mm. be completely honest so yeah i hope i hope things get better and um you know maybe we can get him on when when there is you know light at the end of the tunnel um yeah absolutely yeah. look uh, we mentioned there about what what they're doing as a, as a business before i say this um it's difficult for us to know which which direction to necessarily point people in as a, as a business as a Harvey as a, the Harvey Nash Group. We have got uh, we have we have recommended perhaps um, funds that you might want to donate to if you want to stand with Ukraine if you want to um, donate. I have donated personally to the to the army because a Ukrainian that I know sent me the link and suggested that that it was a it was it was a good avenue. It's difficult to know though where where how to support or where to support. Yeah. So yeah. I would suggest to anyone who is who is willing to to do your own research. Um and all we are doing here is sharing links that we have been given. So do if you want to find out more information, do kind of do that and, and make sure that you're comfortable with with how you're donating or how you're supporting if you choose to go down that route. But McPaw have um, set up a development foundation. As as mentioned in the interview, they put four million um, pounds worth of their own money into that foundation, which is incredible. Um, but we'll put the link to that in the show notes. That's to help um, fund with humanitarian aid and, and getting money to people on the ground. They also sent a few other... Um, links to me that you might want to check out again these all will be in the show notes colo so a foundation for rabbit support for the ukrainian military organized by a group of top it executives in the ukraine so again a, a response from the tech industry come back alive um a non-governmental fund um that funds or supports rather the armed forces in ukraine the national bank of ukraine has also opened up an account to support Ukraine's armed forces as well. So those links will all be in the show notes. And and look, one from us as well. Um, if you uh, are listening to this because you're a customer of the Harvey Nash Group, or you know you're, you're someone that we've placed or whatnot in the in the past previously, um, four of our staff: Carolina uh, Fidrich, uh, Lauren Granger, John Hurry, Mark Allen uh, from our Harvey Nash um, business. They are doing a a sort of a triathlon, a Harvey Dash crash and splash. Um, and that's uh, raising money for UNICEF. 
um, so to go to uh, the Ukraine. Um, we'll share their Just Giving link um, in the show notes too, if you want to support them. Brilliant. A lot yeah. of a lot a lot of things to uh, to get involved with and support. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that this is still ongoing. As we said, you know, it's not just Ukraine. I think there's there has been that there has been that reaction, hasn't there? That the West has been very heavily preoccupied with Ukraine, but actually, there's humanitarian disasters that go on around the world. Um, and if that helps to kind of bring that to life as well, and makes people kind of think about how we how we can be more compassionate as a race across the entire planet, that's not a bad thing either. But right now, if you if you can stand with Ukraine and and help with any of those funds then fantastic and uh i'm incredibly grateful that alexander was able to give up some time obviously to in, in, in incredible circumstances really to, to talk to us but akish thank you for for spending a few minutes having a chat with me no problem